Hi, I'm Caitlin. And I'm Lise. And this is the Love Over Fear podcast. We are both nurses that left the healthcare industry in pursuit of what sets our souls on fire. In this space, we want to share holistic wellness and mindset practices to help you achieve whole body wellness. We both believe that it is important to approach hard and controversial topics with an open mind and always without judgment. Our purpose is to put love out into the world and help you move past your fears. Also, we want you to know that we do not provide medical advice on this podcast. The suggestions we provide are simple things that we have found success with. And we encourage you to talk to your trusted healthcare provider before trying anything new and trust what feels right for you. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you being here. If you feel aligned with what we're putting out, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. Hi, everyone. I am sitting here today with Erin. Erin is a beautiful soul who is the picture of health. She is active. She is vegan. She practices meditation and brings love wherever she goes. Seven years ago, Erin was diagnosed with stage one breast cancer. At the time, um, she had a baby and another older child. She beat cancer or at least kept it in remission over the last seven years. But just over the last two months, she got the news that her cancer is back. But now she has been diagnosed as stage four, as it has spread to several places in her body. The amazing thing about Erin is that she has a burning desire to live life to the fullest and has kept such a positive outlook despite everything she is going through. Today, Erin is going to share her journey and how it has offered her a perspective shift. My hope is that it helps our listeners today go out and live their best lives too, as we all know that our time here on earth is very limited. Thank you so much for coming. And I know this conversation today might get emotional and tears are fully welcome here. Deal. All right. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, thank you for having me on the show today. my, My pleasure. So yeah, where did everything all begin? Um, yeah, so like you said, seven years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, I remember breastfeeding my son and I felt a lump. And um, I knew right away that it was not a lump that should be there. Like that was, mm-hmm. that was one thing that I, I it, my gut told me right away. So I went to my doctor quite a few times actually and said, you know, I found this lump. What should we do? Do you want to look at it? And every time he came back with, no, no, it's just mastitis, which is just a clogged milk duct. Um, and it's, they're generally very painful and they exhibit a lot of the same signs. So instead of looking at it, touching it, feeling it, examining it or myself, he just put me, I think I ended up being on four rounds of antibiotics, which each time I was put on antibiotics, I just kind of felt more upset. So finally, the last time I went into my doctor, I actually brought my husband with me and I said, um, I, I want to be examined. And he said, no, 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 there's no need again. Once again, he said it's mastitis. And I remember walking out of his office and going up to the receptionist and said, I want to see a female doctor and I want to see one now. So within about two days, I'm going to say it was very quick. She got me a referral to a different office and to a female doctor, I was seen right away. Um, within two days after that, I had a biopsy booked. Um, and the biopsy unfortunately came back inconclusive. So then they had to go in and do it uh, via surgery. And, um, and then I had an appointment with the surgeon. And um, yeah, I'll never forget, he came in. And I went to the appointment without anybody, without a support person, without my husband. 
because I, at that point, I just, I, I didn't feel like it was anything to worry about at that point. And, um, I remember walking in the office and he walked in with this reusable pink shopping bag. And I don't even remember what was written on it. I think it had a breast cancer logo on it. And he handed me the bag and he said, uh, the, what we cut out of you was cancer. And then everything just went blank. I don't remember hearing anything at all after that. Um, and I remember holding the bag and I remember him probably, I think he probably looked at my face and saw that his words weren't, weren't <laughs> making any sense to me at the time. So I left and I got in my car and I remember calling my sister right away. She was the first person who I wanted to call. And, and then I went home and told my husband and, uh, and yeah, then things just started fast forwarding. Then I got booked in, um, for a double mastectomy. I had an option to either have a single mastectomy with radiation or a double, I, and I opted for a double. And then the following March, I was, I was deemed clear of all cancer. Yeah. Um, and that was seven years ago. Um, and then fast forward to this past year, basically all of 2022, I was just feeling like garbage. And mm. I think as women, we're really in tune with our bodies. Yeah. And we know when something's not right. And I, and I um, you know, as working as a health coach, as working as a nutritionist, I hear those words so often from women. And when I say to them, have you seen your doctor? Well, I, you know, I can't get into him for a month. I can't get him, get into her for three months. And so it makes me so frustrated to hear other people in the same situation who are getting missed or, or don't end up making the appointment, whatever that might be. Maybe it's your pap, maybe it's just a checkup, maybe it's just simply a talk with your doctor about what's going on emotionally or mentally. But like I said, we know when we know when we know. Mm -hmm. And therein lies a problem though, when we know, and then we go and phone the people that can try and... That, we, we know that can fix us or hopefully can we can't get a hold of them or we can't reach them in a timely manner so all I can say to people is push 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 lie if you have to but do whatever <laughs> it takes to be to be seen yes to be heard by somebody and if you don't get the answer that is right in your heart and in your mind find the next person and you have to push in my case um, I did call my doctor multiple times and by the time I was seen, um, it was almost a six-month period that they finally did an ultrasound on me. And at that point, um, I had masses all throughout me. And mine is relatively a fast-growing cancer. So that's how quickly it can happen. And it's mm -hmm. not my job to scare anyone. But again, that's how quickly it can happen. So... And I'm, I'm definitely speaking to the women out there because I think as women, we're, like I said, we're just so intuitive, but, yeah. but just follow your gut when it, um, when you feel that something's not right. Mm -hmm. uh, something I've been trying to preach a lot on this podcast, two things, actually, we have to be the CEO of our own health and to always follow your intuition and at the end of the day, you know, I've seen the saying on mugs, your Google search doesn't um, replace my medical degree. But what I like to also say is that my 10 minute appointment with you does not, does not um, overshadow years of living in my own body and knowing when something is off, right? right? We do know when something isn't right. And um, I'm so proud of you for sharing how persistent you have to be. And it is such an important 
lesson and I had to do it with my son too. I had to push. I had to go against what they told me to do to get him seen too. So thank you so much. Um, What has it been like emotionally processing this diagnosis? And I know for sure you go through challenges and you have darker times, but you have just still like been shining your light. And I just love that about you. And I wonder if you can share how you've been able to do that. I think initially it hit me like a ton of bricks, whereas the first time around it was, it was emotional, but maybe, and I can't really answer the why. Mm-hmm. I think being stage one and be having the mass so small last time and just in one small area definitely gave me a sense of relief. And this time, because it's in so many places and that my health is now actually compromised because of it, it's definitely taken me to some dark places. But one person that that really stands out to me is Joe Dispenza. Mm. And Joe, um, for those of you who don't know his story, is he healed himself. He was involved in a really tragic accident where he was hit while uh, in the middle of a, a triathlon. And basically told he probably wasn't going to walk again. And he ended up in traction. So imagine this being in traction face down. So you can't even scratch your own neck or your nose for heaven's sakes. You can't toilet yourself. You can't feed yourself. You're literally staring at the linoleum underneath your bed. That's what traction is. And he decided in a very short time of being in that uncomfortable position that he was going to heal himself with positive thoughts. And I know that sounds really woo-woo and crazy, but... <laughs> That's our audience here. <laughs> right? Well, we're all a little woo-woo and crazy sometimes. But truly, like, you know, when you think about it, it does sound really, really left field a little bit. But um, the very next day after watching a documentary of his, I felt my mind shift. And I felt my mind shift in the fact that I didn't immediately have positive thoughts, but I immediately caught my negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then as every time I would catch those negative thoughts, I was replacing them with positive. So it didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. There was about three, four weeks of being in a very dark, dark hole that I, you know, I felt that my life was coming to an end. And essentially it did as I know it. Um, But replacing all the positive, yeah, replacing all the negative thoughts, sorry, with positive ones was probably the biggest thing that I could have done for myself. Mm-hmm. And don't get, get me wrong, I think it's really important to still grieve what we once thought was going to be that is no longer going to be. It's important to cry, it's important to get mad, it's important to vocalize our emotions, but in a safe way, and then be able to come back. It's okay to spend a whole day crying, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Mm-hmm. But when it starts becoming every day, every night, every afternoon, repeatedly day on, day on, day on, that's when, you know, we have to kind of reach out and go, okay, I got to, I got to rewrite the story a little bit. Otherwise I'm going down a slippery slope Right. and we all can, right? Maybe that's your marriage. Maybe that's, you know, what's going on in your nutrition. Maybe that's going on with your relationship with your parents. Maybe it's a decision about leaving your job. Um, it's usually at the end of the day, we know, we know the answers to these things. And for me, I knew in a very short time span that I had not been living my life authentically. I had been doing all these really good things like meditation and journaling and surrounding myself with like-minded people, but I hadn't been living authentically. 
hadn't been living truthfully from my heart. And I would, I was hiding a lot from people, including, you know, the people that were closest to me, my family, my, my spouse, my children, um, my, my deepest and darkest fears. And I was holding them in and, Mm. and we can, those small things can turn into big things. And, and then they can manifest. And as they say, dis-ease mm-hmm. is disease, mm-hmm. right? So whenever we feel dis-ease in our body, which I think a lot of us can understand that we do feel that a lot, that it can lead to, to disease formation in our body. I 100% do agree. Do you feel like you can elaborate more on um, when you say you weren't living from your heart and... I know we're getting very yeah. vulnerable, um, but what that looked like versus how you want to approach things now. I think my communications with the people around me weren't good. I definitely wasn't good at setting boundaries. I was the yes girl. I said yes to everything. Um, I didn't necessarily do it happily, but I was definitely the mom who said yes to every play date, yes to every sleepover, yes to every time somebody suggested popping by or having company and I never took the time just for me. Mm -hmm. So I think that's maybe where I mean that I didn't live authentically. I mean, people saw from the outside, I post pictures of me hiking and doing all this great stuff, which yeah, maybe for some people, those would be wonderful things. And, but I think really at the end of the day, coming home to ourselves and being genuine with our thoughts and our emotions and for me, it was a lot of it had to do uh, with my marriage. And there was a lot of unhappiness in my marriage at the time that I didn't know how to vocalize the words to say to my husband. The only words I knew were, I'm done, or this is over. And those, don't, those words don't solve anything. Those words don't make you a better person for saying them. If anything, those words are probably going to create more heartache for especially, you know, our children and loved ones around us. Mm-hmm. And again, was that actually my truth? You know, I'm still figuring out what my truth is. You know, mm-hmm. I think every day you get a little bit closer. But I do know that through a lot more communication um, and listening to myself, listening to my own words and my own heart has made me that much closer to understanding uh, on what living authentically is and what living and having a voice so saying no more, not feeling guilty when I do say no, um, setting time limits for, for visits so that I don't burn myself out. Those are all healthy things to do, whereas the old me would have felt guilty for doing that or saying no. I can relate to that so mm-hmm. much. I have had to put a lot of boundaries with my health too, living with Lyme and just having less energy than most people. And I felt so many for so many years feeling so guilty, like I'm not doing enough. Um, I can really relate to that. I would love to hear what fills you up. Like what, like what are your favorite things to do? Oh boy, my absolute favorite things. I would say to have my backpack and my dog, and head up into the mountains somewhere. And ideally, if I could bring a tent with me, that would be even better. I love waking up with my jet boil and, you know, a hot coffee and just, and not even seeing the sunrise, whatever it might be that's whenever I open my tent door. Um, that and taking pictures. Okay. I get so much joy from taking pictures. And by all means, I'm not a photographer, but 
I, there's a lot of joy. And I think a lot of us think, oh, you know, I can't, I can't sing on a stage because I don't have formal training or I can't, I can't get a, a photo published because I don't have proper training and all I own is an iPhone. Well, let me tell you, you can do all <laughs> the things and you need very little tools to do them. So um, I've had multiple pictures published and paid for that I've, I've you know, me, little old me is taken, right? So it's- I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's, you just have to take a risk and try. Follow right? the things that you love to do. Yeah, and yeah. that's wherein you'll find, you know, they always say you're going to find your passion when you're doing the most authentic thing that's for you. And, and truly, it, it's funny, it, that truly does happen. Um, you don't need to take a course or a class. Yeah, those things are beneficial, but um, you really don't. I, you just need to live from an authentic place. <laughs> yeah, not from a place of perfection, but just your bliss. Right? Um <sighs> So I would have thought that you like to be more around people, but you actually, it sounds like you like to spend time alone Alone. or with your, with the exception of your dog. Although, yes, yes, yes. Since my dog can't talk back to me, I like her. (laughs) No, she's just a sweetheart. She's an empath. Um, No, I find um, that's, again, coming from the place of being the yes girl before and burning myself, I also felt into feeling people's feelings. So if mm-hmm. I went for coffee with a girlfriend and she told me that she was struggling in her marriage, I took that on as my own personal burden, as my own personal grief. Um, if somebody shared with me that they were struggling with an issue with their child or their child was sick, I took that on. And so if anyway, I wasn't a good friend to them because I took it on mm. as my own grief. So I couldn't listen. And, and, and that's what I've learned is at the end of the day, what we want, what do we want the most? We want somebody not to create solutions for us, but we want people to hold space for us. So if anything, that's what we can do. And when we're alone with our thoughts, I think we can hold that space for ourselves mm-hmm. and really, truly listen to ourselves. Because at the end of the day, our guts and our hearts are always the right ones. They will all, never, ever lead you astray. <laughs> yeah, everyone has their own roadmap to their dreams or whatever issues you're having the solutions are within us and I know it I think as women too we've been taught to look for outside validation so that's why we're always asking people for their advice but in turns then we in turn we start we stop following our inner internal guidance system and we start doing what everyone else thinks we should do and just creates another problem so I really appreciate that and we also kind of grow up thinking that it's weird to just spend time alone. But oh, it, it, absolutely. Yeah. Well, looking even at our children now, you know, they don't know how to be bored. Yeah. And we always say, we joke and we almost, um, we're, we use those comments as moms so sarcastically that our children can't be bored anymore. And we get frustrated with our children because, you know, they're like, mom, 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 mom. My own son did that to me the other day. I put on a DVD. yes. An actual old-fashioned DVD, <laughs> and we forget that DVDs don't have the fast-forward option to fast-forward through all the previews. So he had to th- sit through 13 minutes of previews, and I've never heard so many moans and groans out of a child because they had to wait 13 minutes to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. And it really made me realize that I probably would have moaned and groaned too. When do we just sit? When we've got those moments of peace, maybe it's sitting waiting in traffic, maybe your kid is late coming out from school and you're already going, oh, I can't believe them. They're doing this. But 
the universe gives us these little moments of peace and whether or not we choose to take them or we choose to look at them as frustrating that somebody's wasting our time. That's all we have is time. Mm-hmm. That's all we have is time. Truly, mm-hmm. including myself, mm-hmm. you know. And so we have to remember that those little moments throughout the day are tiny little gifts. And we need to rewire our brains to think instead of being inconvenienced, that they're truly gifts throughout our day. Yeah. Maybe right? putting a challenge out to everyone listening that the next time you find yourself sitting, maybe you're waiting for an appointment, don't reach for your phone because that's totally. the thing, right? We all have these little computers in our pocket, so we don't ever have to sit with our thoughts if yeah. we don't want to. We can watch um, videos on our phone while we're going to the washroom. So Exactly, right? Um, we have mini boredom busters, I call yeah. them. Yes, and that and it's so sad that that's... If you get on to... I remember it was in Vancouver not that long ago, and I remember being on the SkyTrain, and I looked around, and I... My, the only reason I honestly didn't pick up my phone is because it was tucked away in such a way that I couldn't access it. So I'll be honest, it wasn't because I didn't want to grab my phone. I couldn't. But I looked around and I went to go smile at the person next to me, possibly engage in conversation, and they were bent over looking on their phone. On their phone. And every single person that was on that train, including the children, all were on some sort of device or talking to somebody. No one wanted to engage and everyone had this little bubble and we, we all joke that COVID did this to us. I'm like, no, COVID didn't do this to us. We mm-hmm. did this to us. We put ourselves into these bubbles of not socializing and, and not looking around at our world, but instead having all this instant swipe up, swipe left, yeah, like this, heart this, mm-hmm. you know. All, we're all we spend our entire day just judging other people's lives all through these devices yeah it's very very it's pretty true. crazy yeah um before we hit record we were talking about your experience doing a boudoir shoot mm. is that something you have always wanted to do even before your diagnosis or was it something that having this diagnosis made you want to do what made you uh, definitely definitely since having the diagnosis yeah. so as somebody who's competed in the fitness world prior to all of this I was very used to being in an itty bitty bikini and being photographed but I always had my hair and makeup done and I was posed on certain angles to make me look a certain way or to make my muscles look a certain way or to make me look leaner I wanted a photo shoot that showed that showed my mastectomy scars, the ones that I've so adamantly hid and dressed around and worn baggy clothes to hide my tops, to to wear padding over the scars so that I don't look lumpy or bumpy in bathing suit tops. Um, I wanted I wanted to be raw. I wanted people just to see the rawness of my body, um, unfiltered, untouched. The wrinkles, the scars, the tattoos, the the imperfections, all of it, you know, um, since getting cancer, I've lost a lot of weight. So my skin is baggy now. It just kind of hangs off me. It's not attractive by today's standards, but Mm. there's beauty in that too. And I wanted that all to be seen. And the whole idea for doing this photo shoot was not to show anybody, quite honestly, it was for me and me alone. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, I might show some close friends, um, but it's not, it's not for me to feel sexier in my skin. It's not for me to feel stronger as a woman. Maybe it is in a little way, but it's for me to show people that there's still beauty in the scars. Mm-hmm. You can still be a different type of beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that at the end of the day, 
you know, you walk into a retirement home and you see people talking to themselves. You see people who don't have teeth in anymore. You see people who have soiled their adult diapers. Um, you see their beauties faded away because they're wrinkly and their, their teeth have concaved in or they've lost their minds and they're dealing with dementia and stuff. And it's so funny. We all think, oh, that day when it happens to us and we, lo we lose our looks or we lose this or we lose our ability to move, that's so far down the road. It's not that far down the road, do you know? Um, when I was diagnosed with cancer, I quite quickly thought and realized that I'm probably going to lose my hair at some point on this journey, which was a hard pill to swallow, um, you know, potentially having chemo. Um, and just my body changed with the treatments and stuff. Um, and that was, that was really hard. And I realized I haven't focused on the Aaron that's inside. Mm -hmm. This whole time and this whole lifespan has spent on making that outward appearance look in a certain way, never the inside. Um, and I think that's where therein lies this really cool gift now that I get to strip it all away. So that's why the boudoir shoot. I love that. Yeah. And it's such a metaphor too, because you did strip all your clothes I did. Off I and... stood there and I stripped all my clothes away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a beautiful lesson that some people in their lifetime might never experience that. Yeah, we do spend a lot of time worrying about our outward appearance right. or putting on a facade. Maybe we're not doing it on purpose, that we're happy, that we're all this, mm. but true connection with ourselves and others comes when we are vulnerable when we are honest and I just those are my best friends you know those people that you can be that way with totally. and I think it creates a richer fuller life yeah yeah I love that word richer richer yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean your sadness might feel stronger too. your yeah. happiness but it's real and I know when you were talking about being an empath um I was like, yep, nodding my head because I'm the same way. And, and, it, and in fact, which I, what I find harder, because I can really sit with people in their sadness and I might take it on a bit, but what, what affects me more is when I can tell someone's not being truthful mm -hmm. or they're saying they're happy and life's so great. But I'm like, but that's not what your aura is telling me. Mm -hmm. And it makes me sad that people don't feel safe to share was truly going on and um I don't know actually my husband got vulnerable with me today and told me um you know I've been feeling kind of sad lately and it's his story to share but immediately when he was being honest I felt these walls inside of myself kind of start to go away and I realized mm -hmm. oh I, I sense that and when people are honest I feel connected mm. Yeah, that's, I don't know, call it my superpower or just intuition, but I feel there's nothing richer than a community of people, women, your tribe that can just be vulnerable and true, truthful about whatever's going on. Absolutely. And for him to feel safe enough in your presence to yeah. share like that, that's a pretty amazing thing so mm -hmm. yes I would call that a superpower oh thank yes. you <laughs> totally would <laughs> is there um any words of wisdom you want to give to people whether you know maybe they're going through a cancer journey or they're just feeling like they're not living their authentic life they're just feeling just you know not aligned is there anything you want to I think alignment comes with gratitude and I know I said it the first time when I got cancer and I'm going to actually say it again. 
there is always a silver lining in everything. And I know that sounds, you know, some people might think that sounds facetious or, or something, but it, it true, it, it's the truth. Um, when we can see the silver lining, when we can be grateful for something that's given to us, even though the rest of us might look at it and, and go, oh, that's a big steaming pile of you know what, you know, and then we can, the next person can come along and go, you know what though, I see an opportunity here. And I, I'll use my example, you know, um, or my, my situation as an example, you know, immediately it went to a dark, awful place and woe is me. And I was so upset that my future isn't going to look like what I had thought it was going to look like. Mm -hmm. And I, I was saddened by that. And very quickly, my mindset changed to, all right, well, what's the, what's the silver lining in all this? What lesson? And that lesson was, I now get to live authentically. I could have before, but it took something as big as this. So sometimes I think having these big things, like we lose somebody or we lose a portion of ourselves, therein lies the gift of the finding of ourselves again. And if you can find a little bit of gratitude each day and wake up and go to bed each night, even seeing just one thing to yourself and wake up, I'm grateful for this today. You know, I'm grateful that I can still, you know, I wake, might wake up and feel like garbage, but I'm grateful that I'm still breathing today and that I'm not in, in a hospital, you know, and then at night I can go, I'm grateful that I was able to hold down three meals today and that I talked to, you know, two great friends and had some great conversations. The simple things, you know, the neighbor was out mowing their lawn and I got to smell the fresh cut grass. It's those little things that, um... So yeah, I think if I can share that with anyone is is having gratitude throughout your day. Yeah. And I think that will get you unstuck out of any situation quickly, more quickly, quicklier. <laughs> We're going to use that new word. That's our new word today, quicklier um, than, than anything else, truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think yeah. you would probably say too is spend some time alone to start oh. really get to know yourself. Date, your, date yourself. Truly. True. Yeah. Go, go and sit in a coffee shop by yourself. You know, if you have that luxury that you you know, that you have, um, you maybe have somebody watch your kids for an hour and it doesn't have to be long. You know, maybe you come home from a job and you park 15 minutes up the street so no one can see you and you pull over and you just sit in silence or maybe you sit with your favorite song. Maybe it's, um, you know, reading a book. You know, we all think of, as women, we think of self-care as having a bath and reading a book or having a bubble bath. And those are all lovely, nice things, but those aren't always doable things for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's, it's finding peace in the moment when the baby's crying and you just need to step outside on the back deck and take three big, deep breaths and look outside and look at the snow falling, yeah. you know, and find some gratitude in that moment. But the moments are there. I promise you, they're always there. I love that. You are such a beautiful example of how your test can be your testimony and how you Mm. can take the hard stuff and find the silver lining. And also you shared today that sometimes hard things help you realize what you appreciate and what you want more of. Mm. And for our listeners there, just know that you you obviously do not need these a cancer diagnosis Mm. to give you permission to go out there and live an aligned life. 
But even if you are going through those hard things, know that there's probably going to be something very beautiful on the other side and it's going to create a transformation. So thank you so, so much, Erin, mm-hmm. for agreeing to come on and share your story. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. we are so blessed. And thank you so much, everyone. Thank you.